What's up, everybody? I'm Josh Meek, the Uber Geek, and welcome to Pretty Dece, the weekly show about movies, comics, games, and all the pop culture in between. This is Pretty Dece Season 2, Episode 9, for the week of November 11th, 2019. And yes, today is November 11th. It is a Monday. And where I am at here in Indiana, it snowed. And it snowed a lot. <laughs> um, it, in fact, as I'm recording this, it's still snowing. That's not exciting. Not, not exciting news. I'm definitely not one of those people who really likes snow. My wife is one of those people who loves seeing snow. Her opinion is that if it's cold outside, it might as well be snowing. Uh, I have to drive in it and walk in it and I get cold and I get wet and it's not my thing. Uh, so sorry if you are one of those people who absolutely adores snow. I am the complete opposite and I absolutely hate it. So I'm hoping that it's over soon. I will, uh, I will say snow is fine one time a year, like Christmas Eve to have a nice white Christmas. That's a good time for snow. Other than that, not really interested in in the the white stuff falling from the sky. All that being said, though, when it is this cold and nasty and wet outside and hard to drive, one good thing that's worth doing is staying inside and watching movies and playing video games. So today on Pretty Dece, we have news about both of those things. Uh, so time to dive right in. So let's kick off that theme song. Pretty Dece, Pretty Dece, here we go. Facebook.com slash Pretty Dece Show. It's time to geek out with Josh, your host. So Ghostbusters is getting a sequel next year, a sequel slash reboot. And we've talked about it in the past on Pretty Dece. And we got confirmation this week that Bill Murray is going to be a part of this film. He's officially going to be in this Ghostbusters movie. Uh, we got this confirmation from Dan Aykroyd, actually. He was speaking to uh, the Greg Hill Show, and he talked about how the fact that uh, we, quote, we have shot our part. So the we that he's speaking of, he says, is himself, Sigourney Weaver, Bill Murray, and Annie Potts. So Sigourney Weaver played Dana Barrett in the original film, uh, and Annie Potts played Janine, the secretary of the Ghostbusters. And of course, Bill Murray is involved, and he he plays Peter Venkman, probably the most popular of the uh, the four Ghostbusters. Dan Aykroyd, of course, plays Ray Stantz, another one of the Ghostbusters. So people were kind of questioning whether Bill Murray would be involved. He seemed like he might just be done with Ghostbusters, not wanting to come back and be involved in uh, any further Ghostbusters properties. But clearly, the the script has won him over. Dan Aykroyd has won him over. Something has gotten him involved. So uh, Ghostbusters fans can definitely rejoice from that piece of news. In fact, all of the living members of the original Ghostbusters will be in this film, will be portraying their original characters. Uh, Ernie Hudson, who played Winston Zedmore, will also be returning for this film. So the only Ghostbuster that we are missing is Harold Ramis, who, pray, who, who played Egon Spengler. Uh, he passed away in 2014, so Egon will not be a part of the film, sadly. Um, but the, the other surviving three, it's super exciting to have them involved in this 
this movie. And I talked about this kind of being a sequel slash reboot. So this film is is written and directed by Jason Reitman. Jason Reitman is the son of Ivan Reitman, who is the original Ghostbusters director. And Dan Aykroyd has really high praise both for Reitman and his script. Uh, Aykroyd says that Jason wrote a beautiful, heartfelt script that takes the real DNA from the first two movies, the first two Ghostbusters, and transfers that directly to this this new film. Um, He talks about it being a handoff to a new generation of stars. So Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, they're not going to be the main stars of this film. Clearly, We've Shot Our Part indicates that they have a, a fairly small piece of this film. They're, they're kind of passing the torch, if you will, to a, a set of new young Ghostbusters in this, this film, a new generation of Ghostbusters. One of, of those new generation is actually Finn Wolfhard, who plays Mike from Stranger Things, so you might be very familiar with him. Now, this new generation is notably not the Lady Ghostbusters from the 2016 Ghostbusters reboot, that was then later called Ghostbusters Answer the Call, but it came out in theaters as just Ghostbusters. That film was pretty much universally hated uh, for some reason or another. Um, It got definitely panned by all the fans. People didn't really like it. Um, People got very, very angry about that movie in general. And for better or worse, um, Jason Reitman and the rest of the people involved in Ghostbusters now are all but saying that that film doesn't count and they want to forget that film and kind of uh, sweeping it under the rug as they take the mythology from the first two films and essentially are trying to write a a Ghostbusters 3, ignoring the 2016 Ghostbusters. That's kind of a bummer for me. I I don't think that the 2016 Ghostbusters film was um, a, a cinematic masterpiece like maybe the original Ghostbusters is. It is not at all time great. But it certainly was a pretty fun movie, and I thought that Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones did a really good job as uh, kind of carving their own path as Ghostbusters. They weren't trying to just do Ghostbusters impressions. They had their own unique, interesting characters, and it was a fun, fun movie that I really would have liked to see them take another stab at, make a Ghostbusters 2, and really kind of... Uh, you know, ground out some of those rough spots that that first film had. Unfortunately, people really, really didn't like it, and this is now the direction that Ghostbusters is going. And I am also excited about this new direction. You know, I'm excited to have Jason Reitman writing it. I'm excited to have the original Ghostbusters back. I'm excited to have it more closely tied in with the first films. All of that sounds awesome. But I'm definitely all-inclusive when it comes to Ghostbusters, I've loved every Ghostbusters film that has come out, even the 2016 Ghostbusters Answer the Call. Nonetheless, I'm very, very excited to once again see Bill Murray portray Peter Venkman on the big screen. To say it's been long awaited is an understatement, but we got our first episode of Rick and Morty in over two years this weekend. Uh, It was the first episode in season four There are 10 total episodes in season four. Unfortunately, we're only going to get five of them in this first chunk. Then it'll take a break again and then back for another five more. So Rick and Morty continues to be a show that 
takes a while to produce, clearly. Uh, a a two-year gap between seasons. Now, of course, they have a running order for multiple seasons in a row, so hopefully, ideally, we don't have two-year gaps or over two-year gaps between each season, but the gap here in season four, I think, is a good indication that we're still going to wait some time between these seasons, because they're complicated to animate and of course complicated to write so I think that they just the process just takes a long time nonetheless this episode the first of season four is kind of a a reset in in many ways it brings us back to basically as tried and true of a classic Rick and Morty formula as you can get Um, checking a lot of the boxes that you would come to expect from a Rick and Morty episode Um, Rick needs to go on an adventure, he doesn't explain things fully to Morty, they introduce some crazy alien space concept, Morty um, gets kind of uh, wrapped up in it, um, sort of goes off the deep end with this concept, and then Rick has to come and save the day, it's, uh, it is definitely, like, exactly what you expect from Rick and Morty, and that's not bad, that's not really a bad thing. So, diving in, the episode is called Edge of Tomorty, Rick Die Repeat, which you might know is a reference to Edge of Tomorrow, Live Die Repeat, uh, which is a, uh, well, I guess first it was a manga that then became a Hollywood film. Basically, it's Groundhog Day, but kind of action-oriented. So, you, uh, the character in Edge of Tomorrow dies repeatedly and relives the same uh, the same sequence over and over again. And in this episode, that happens to Rick. He dies over and over again and keeps getting reborn as clones. And the inverse of that is that Morty has a crystal that shows him how he's going to die, kind of all the possible ways that he's going to die. And he zeroes in on one death that he wants to seek out. So he does everything that he can to kind of use that to guide his path. So if he turns left and he doesn't see that death anymore, well, then he'll turn right and he sees it, he'll go right. So he he just follows exactly what the crystal says, which is hilarious and and really great. It is a super simple, um, easy to understand concept taken to its logical and ridiculous conclusion. And uh, it's great. It shows really how... Morty is exactly like Rick. He is uh, completely motivated by a means to an end. He's going to get to that particular death outcome and doesn't care about other people, doesn't care about his family, doesn't care what other people need or want. He spends most of this episode not resurrecting Rick because he's following his crystal and he's, he's on his own little quest. So it's interesting that they are really more alike than I, than probably either of them would want to admit, which is very, very intentional. Now, since the last Rick and Morty episodes, kind of as season three was airing, and then of course in the gap we've had, it's kind of become cool to hate on Rick and Morty, and especially to hate Rick and Morty fans. There's uh, there's the the joke that kind of keeps popping up that oh, you have to have a really high IQ to like Rick and Morty, and oh, Rick and Morty's only for, like, smart people, um, and said very uh, very mockingly, right? 
and I think that, that that'll come from anything that is popular. It's kind of the, the Fortnite effect, right? Something that is genuinely good, a well-made video game in the case of Fortnite, a very well-made show in the case of Rick and Morty, gets ridiculously popular, becomes the biggest thing in the world, becomes the most popular show that that is running. There's going to be some backlash on it where people want to be kind of hipster about something and not like the thing that is that is cool. And, and I think the show is well aware of that. I think that Rick and Morty and the creators of Rick and Morty and Adult Swim know the reception that kind of has started to come about because of Rick and Morty. At the end of the episode, they advertise a podcast that's going to come out. That's kind of um, creator commentary to go along with the episodes is what, is what it sounds like. And one of the taglines for the podcast is, All IQs Welcome, which uh, is a great little nod at that kind of kind of reception. I will say, if you've been hearing kind of that sentiment about Rick and Morty on the internet, ignore it. It's still a really, really good show. It's still a, a, a incredibly well-written show. They, they do so much right in a single episode. The amount of, like, ridiculously inventive premises that they show you for, like, half a second and then move on... Other entire series could be based on, like, a few seconds of this episode. Um, So many, like, really clever things that you wouldn't have necessarily thought of, but do make sense. Like I said, kind of the the logical, ridiculous conclusion is a perfect way to to put that. They, They take what is, you know, some obvious premises. Rick dies and gets born again as a clone over and over again. He has this Groundhog Day type experience. But they turn that on its head by making him come back as various odd creatures, by getting abducted by a fascist Morty, for example. And then speaking of the fascist Morty, there's definitely some baked-in kind of meta-commentary in full effect there. Fascist Morty doesn't like it when things get too political, and he just wants to go on classic adventures like they used to. And I think uh, think that's creator Dan Harmon speaking directly to the fans that hold that exact opinion that that don't want the show to get political that don't want the show to be preachy or or try to have a point they just want to go on fun Rick and Morty adventures and I think that that's the that's that's Dan and the creators kind of giving a middle finger to that type of fan telling them we're gonna make the show that we want to make while at the same time kind of doing a little bit of a a reset here in this season so they're clearly hinting at we're gonna we're gonna make the show we want to make sometimes things are gonna be in depth and and we're gonna have a message sometimes they're gonna be fun adventures and the end of the episode is them very clearly stating like we're just gonna do what we want we're just gonna do whatever we want we're gonna have fun that's the whole point of this and it is kind of a reset button but also a cool point going forward So we do get five episodes of Rick and Morty here so far for season four. The next one is next weekend. I'm very excited. I'm excited to see kind of where they go, what this season holds, and if they get into some bigger, crazier shenanigans than before and kind of build up to to that. Or if we just tell interesting, unique premises now with with Rick and, and Morty and kind of see where that where that takes us. So I'm excited. I'm back on the ride and I'm definitely super enjoying what I've seen thus far. And our last piece of news for this week 
is that Shuhei Yoshida is no longer the president of Sony Computer Entertainment Worldwide Studios. So he's no longer kind of the head of of Sony and their their kind of PlayStation brand. He'd been president since 2008. And from my understanding of kind of, of, of knowing him and one of what he's done and hearing him on uh, on stage like at E3 and other conferences like that, hearing him talk on shows and interviews, I think that Shuhei's been a really great president. He seems to really understand games. He really seems like he's a a gamer first and kind of it comes from maybe a a developer mindset and then he's not just pure business like you might expect someone in that role to be. Nonetheless, he is no longer going to be president. We'll talk about his new role in just a second. But he's being replaced by Herman Holst, who is you might not have heard the name, is the co-founder of Guerrilla Games. Guerrilla Games, they're the developers um, behind Killzone. They made all the Killzone games and most recently have found incredible success with Horizon Zero Dawn. So, of course, making awesome, awesome games on the PlayStation platform. And it he's getting kind of transferred over to the mothership, essentially. So, Herman Holst taking over as president of Sony Computer Entertainment Worldwide Studios. Uh, Shuhei Yoshida is going to be leaving to head up a new initiative that is going to, quote, nurture independent developers. So, they, they kind of talk a bit about that role and kind of the, the passion that he has for independent development and being the lifeblood of of gaming and of, of, of the PlayStation. And up until now, Sony, you know, you know, lately, the past several years on the PS4, Sony has had a crazy good first-party games lineup. They've put together a ton of games that are, are super worth playing, that are compelling reasons to own a PlayStation. As we rapidly are in a time where most of the big games are kind of everywhere, that's the thing that's going to set a platform apart, is having games that are unique to that platform that I can't play elsewhere. You, you look at a company like Microsoft and they're not as focused on that. They kind of just want uh, games to be the thing and they, they don't really care what platform you play it on, whether you're streaming it or playing it on an Xbox or, you know, in their case, playing it on the Switch or playing it on uh, PS4 if it's Minecraft. Uh, PS4, you know, seems to really have been nurturing that kind of first-party gaming uh, uh, culture, and they've really kind of uh, had some really good fruits of those efforts. So maybe Shuhei leaving to kind of go work on nurturing these independent developer relationships will continue to give those awesome first-party games a wonderful home in, in the world of PlayStation. That might be kind of where he wants to go because he does have that passion as kind of games first, he wants to go have a more hands-on kind of uh, role when it comes to independent developers. So that that could be. And also, you know, someone like Herman Holst stepping into that role, coming from the development side, coming from the uh, a studio, making games, I would imagine is going to help him also guide the PlayStation brand, guide Worldwide Studios, 
um, in in a way that makes them very easy to work with. You know, makes them uh, be very accepting of developers and and their timelines and their needs and kind of help them along. So I think that he probably is a pretty great choice um, as, as someone to kind of step in that role. Like I said, I don't know a ton about him personally, but looking at his studio, that's been very successful in the games that that have been produced. I think that's a, a super, super cool move. Uh, this is big changes, though, however. you know, Anytime you're replacing a president of an organization this large, it's some big, big moves, especially when you're not really promoting someone who was kind of next in line for the role. I think Herman Hulse is kind of... Obviously, he's within the Sony family, working at Guerrilla Games, but he wasn't he wasn't like second in command. He wasn't already working at Worldwide Studios, so maybe kind of a an unexpected choice there, and certainly big moves leading into the launch of the PlayStation Five. One has to wonder if the PS Five kind of being so close around the corner is going to be intimidating for someone like Holst coming in and taking over this role. Or if if he sees like, hey, I can really step in and, and have a big impact and get my hands dirty very, very quickly because it's going to be pretty wild pretty soon for the uh, the PlayStation brand and kind of all of, of Sony. So yes, while they have had some kind of big moves leading into the PS5, um, hopefully they have now the right people in the job and I'm really excited to find out exactly what Shuhei Yoshida is doing and kind of what his new role is and especially what the fruits of those efforts are going to be. So that's going to do it for Pretty Dece for this week. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, Some fun stuff there to talk about, diving into Rick and Morty. Of course, Ghostbusters coming back. Lots of fun stuff going on. If you want to check out uh, both this episode and all the past episodes, you can head over to the website that's prettydeeshow.com. Of course, all the episodes also go up on YouTube if you prefer checking it out there, youtube.com slash And of course, you can find me on social media. Hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Show. Let me know what you think about this episode or just what you're thinking about in general when it comes to pop culture. I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> 